The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Welcome in to the Mark and Linda podcast. Skeeter, how are we doing? Great, thank you. Uh, today comments with Skeeter. Rousing round of On This Day in History. Not too shabby. A lot of crap happened on this day. Ooh. Five. No. Five. What year is it? <laughs> Damn it. You're supposed to look forward to it. <laughs> Anything but rousing round of you hate to hear it. Itty bitty theater. Mm. Did you read it? Uh, yeah. There's a good chance I'm gonna fuck that up. Did you get the joke? I just read what you highlighted as my line. I can't wait to hear if you actually get the joke. Okay. These past two weeks have been monumental. We're inside the final week. We went to the moon 50 years ago this week. We'll take a look back. What's your favorite famous car? A guy actually found a message in a bottle. And what are the most stressed cities? now charlotte stress because it is so motherfucking hot here it is gross hot it, it is it is and today is even hotter we've got night it says 96 it'll get 98 yesterday i threatened this is how hot it was i threatened to get in the pool but you didn't how come i was so tired that I couldn't fathom going upstairs to get... To put on your swim trunks? Correct. <laughs> today, it'll happen. I'm swimming today. Okay, all right. Hot though, hot, hot. And you're not going to find any relief in that pool. Uh, well... It's going to be hot water. It will be, and you're correct. However, wet during hot is better than dry. Mm, tell me about it. <laughs> okay, quite a few things. Vote. Yes. Uh, we still have a week, about 10 days. We have about 10 days. So. Yeah, you have until July 28th. All right, so we're talking about the um, uh, attempt to get Mark and Brian into the Radio Hall of Fame. And uh, we've been voting since last Monday. Right, and you know, at first, <laughs> imagine mine and Laura's surprise when we found out it doesn't wasn't just for one day. But that's what everybody it's was for, told. It's for two weeks. That's what we were all told. And then, nope, you got through the 28th. Yeah. Uh, so here's the information. You're going to text the number 30 to 877-370-8683. And then you're going to go to radiovote.com and you're going to vote by email. One vote per email. All of that is on mnlstudios.com. It's also on Mark and Brian's social media. So it's out there. And for all of the people that have already voted, thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, it's just so appreciated. And and do, and I know that Linda just said it, but we'll say it again. If you try to, if you're doing it, trying to do a good thing and you're going to vote, 
20 times from your phone, from your uh, uh, cell phone. Uh, you can't. No. And plus that'll knock out your first vote. Yeah. That's, so just vote. One, just go by the rules. Yeah. That, that's the key thing. If you vote, great. If you try to vote twice from the same cell phone number, it kicks out all of your votes. Or the same email address. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you get one, one vote per. per. Yeah. Um, also, shit. I forgot what I was going to say. We were talking about voting. And when you're on social media, just hashtag everything. Hashtag Mark and Brian. Hashtag Radio Hall of Fame. Just hashtag it. Uh, so uh, last night I had, uh, I haven't had one of these in a while. Uh, but I'll share, and I'll kind of uh, categorize it as a Mark and Brian dream because that's primarily what it was, or it would have turned into one. Uh, so dream. And dreams, you know, they're crazy. You know, there's all these books where you can break down your dream. Honestly, nobody knows what they mean. They're just what they are. They say that it's you and your brain working some things out. I don't know. I, I don't know how anybody could possibly know what they mean. However, in my dream, I have to go to the dentist to get a root canal. Mm, well, that's kind of like reality to you. <laughs> that's constant standard, I'm the king of root canal. So anyway, I'm supposed to go and get a root canal, but I can't, I tell the dentist that I can't because Kiss <laughs> is gonna perform on the show. And so, so I say, well, can I have Kiss perform while you do the root canal? <laughs> you are fucked up. <laughs> and he said, and he said yes. And and for some reason, and this goes into the dream. For some reason, in the dream, it's understood that I always drink a martini <laughs> while the the work is being done. So the dream was me laying in the dentist chair sipping a martini which how can you even do that because your mouth would be numb it's a dream <laughs> so i'm sipping a martini while the dentist and the nurse do the root canal and then around the chair in full makeup is kiss performing with drums <laughs> performing to me while i'm getting it done now what were they performing no idea okay it didn't it never got that far so now if I were still on the radio, here's what would have happened. I would have had that dream, and as soon as I woke up, I would have jotted it down. And then, at some point, I would have gotten Gene Simmons on the phone, and I would have told him about the dream, and he would have gone, that's awesome. And then Gene, being the businessman, would have said, okay, in two months, we're gonna be promoting the KISS tour. Let's do it then. Right. And in the meantime, your fucking tooth is rotting out of your head. You See, can't wait two months. It's a dream. You're you talking. You said if this was for real. It, if it for real, I would have gotten Gene on the phone. Right. But I woke up. I don't need the root canal. That's only in the dream. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, now I'm confused. Why are you going to the dentist? Okay, so Gene would have said so. Wait, why are you going to the dentist if it was a dream? And it's a dream that I'm going to the goddamn dentist. What part of this aren't you getting? No, but now you're awake and you said, if, if I were on the radio, after I woke up, I would call Gene. Linda. And Gene would say, give us two months to promote. Linda. So why are you going to the motherfucking dentist? I don't 
need to go to the dentist and the dream I did in real life Honey, I we, don't need we all realize that but for a, some reason you're not okay so why all right are you talking so you're having a dream about a root canal and oh, kiss is performing yes you wake up from that dream and I don't need a root canal right because you're awake awake but I'm gonna make it happen in real life not right. the root canal part that's what I'm asking so why the fuck are you going to the dentist I'm not <laughs> oh then why do it ignore her so i would get gene on the phone i would tell him and he would go okay so we're going to promote the tour in two months let's do it then and then i would say gene this has to be in full makeup of course and so then i would contact my dentist oh so we are going to the dentist for the radio bit not for fucking real god and my dentist would have probably said yes. If he didn't, we would find one that would. And then one morning while driving to work, you would hear Mark and Brian broadcasting from a dentist office. And then at the proper time, we would both get in a chair, a dental chair with the dentist and the assistant and Kiss in full makeup. And by the way, Gene would have made sure that cameras were there because Gene understood promotion. And he would have filmed all that, and it would have been what it would have been. So what, I haven't had one of those in a while. So what are you doing in the dentist chair? I mean, what is the dentist doing to you? It's a radio bit. God, you grew up with this. You you lived it for 36 years. I don't know why. I mean, there's I no just, reason to go to the dentist. It's a bit. It's a radio. God. I'm going to talk to Red, because you know why? He doesn't talk back. Hey, how come my red light's not on? It wasn't on last week either. Oh, I don't know. That's weird. I want a red light, Mark. Huh? Talk to Norm. Uh, so there that is. All right, so I get a text from Amy. I woke up to it. Amy texts me a lot, and I text her. And so today, I woke up to this text. The song, Attention by Charlie Puth is one of the greatest songs ever released in my lifetime. It is, I agree. Now, I love Charlie Puth, he's pop, and I self-confessed I love pop. So now, let's listen to one of the greatest in Amy's life, Charlie Puth. My life too. You've been running around, running around, running around throwing that dirt all on my name. Cause you knew that I knew that I knew that I'd call you up You've been going around, going around, going around every party in LA Cause you knew that I knew that I knew that I'd be at one oh. I know that dress is karma, perfume regret You got me thinking about when you were mine oh. And now I'm all upon you, what you expect But you're not coming Attention, I knew from the start 
there you go. A little bit of attention. He's got a lot of good songs. I like Sean Mendez too. I heard that Charlie Puth is not good live, but he was on 2020 one night and he showed how he processes his creative process Mm -hmm. for building a Mm -hmm. song. Mm -hmm. And he sits at this console, much like I'm sitting at this, and he's got all his tools around him. And he showed literally figuratively how he builds a song and it was fantastic it was it was very interesting to watch so he needs to do that live mm-hmm. instead of with a band or whatever well, you know what I, I bet he's gotten better since he started maybe I, I just heard he wasn't good hadn't seen him wouldn't mind um word to the wise you know there's always a scam my favorite uh was when your cell phone would ring and it would leave a voicemail and you'd listen to it it was obviously a computerized voice which should set you off uh, there's been an arrest warrant issued in your name. Call number <laughs> to avoid process. <laughs> Loved it. Um, the other one, and I still get them. Uh, I get emails. Apparently, I was watching porn on my computer. And because this hacker was able to hack into my computer, they were able to take control of it. And they actually recorded the porn that I was watching and they have video footage of me jerking off. And if I don't send Bitcoin, Mm. they're going to take over all of my contacts, which they can do, they Mm -hmm, said, mm -hmm. and send out that video to everybody. And I love the magic number. $950 in Bitcoin sent immediately. Mm -hmm. I had 24 hours. Mm It's been months I've yet to have that problem. Go ahead. But but you told me that it was because you didn't watch porn on your computer. You weren't worried about it. No, I don't jerk off in front of my computer. (laughs) And if I do, I put a piece of tape over it. Right. So I I just can't imagine whacking off in front of your own computer. I just, there's something not, you, you know, it's a lot better and sexier in the bathroom. Oh, sure. So I didn't worry about it because I've never done it in front of the computer. There. Now, how about the ring? I bring it up because there's a new one. And this one is kind of realistic. I've gotten two now uh, emails and it's from Apple, it says. Okay. No, well, you've just gotten these because you've got a new phone. Well, they're coming into my computer. Right. Well, it says, and it looks like Apple. And it says, it's an email, and it says, uh, we can see that your account has been tampered with. Please verify your information. Mm -hmm. So the first time I clicked, and it was asking for everything, credit card, social security, all that. They'll never ask for a credit card or a social security number. Never. The reason I bring it up is these hackers have gone to a lot of trouble to look exactly like Apple. But if you'll read the email, there's Mm -hmm. always something that's messed up there's always something you know where they left out instead of does they put do you know there's always a mistake um and it goes to apple and all the rest of them they're going to say somewhere we would never contact you to give us information like if you went to the itunes store to sign up you're doing that voluntarily this is responding to an email well look it's not apple and right. it's somebody looking to get right. They're never going to ask you for your social security number ever, yeah. ever. There's yeah. no reason why Apple would need that. Yeah. So be careful. Watch out. Now, 
uh, the latest. So last night we're sitting and we're watching TV and we're going to go watch the sunset and the whole thing. And Linda's on her phone. She's watching the just released Cats trailer. <laughs> oh, my God. And what did I say to you? You said, I know that you don't want to see it now, but you need to see this. It's great. Which should have given me some indication because we all know how I like bad acting. Well, so oh, sorry. So we sleep and this morning apparently Twitter just Everybody just hated Nobody it. Nobody likes it. They're making fun of it. Nobody likes okay, it. Okay, look, I'm going to defend. Um, cats, you don't have to defend how big Cats is. It's huge. It's a giant success. Now, I will say, there are certain things that work in theater that may not work as a movie. And I, I watched the trailer. I saw it. And they've brought in the very best people to do this. And I don't know how the movie's going to turn out. I don't know. The trailer looked fine to me. Um, however, Cats is a fantastic story, a beautiful, wonderful story. Um, and they've turned it into a film and they brought in great people. Social media people, a certain percentage, look for things to hate. Well, I mean, even famous people are hating on it. I, I, I Look, maybe... It shouldn't have been turned into a film. Maybe it's a wonderful story that should have stayed on the stage. I don't know. Uh, the trailer looked fine to me, but they are just ripping it apart. You know what? Those of you that did that, go watch the trailer for Top Gun. That's what you're looking for. Tom Cruise, planes, sky, that. Motorcycles, there you go. You can't tear that up. Uh, and, you know, uh, you're seeing, um, who's the American Idol young lady? Um, she's in it. Cats. Uh, uh, Jennifer Hudson. Okay. I mean, it's pretty clear she's in cat makeup. Oh, and they're just bitching about it, saying that it doesn't look good. And Well, you know what? Just wait for the movie. It, it, it could be great. It's a fantastic story. I saw it on stage, and it really, really worked on stage. You don't sit in a theater and question, wow, those are human beings dressed up like cats. And maybe it's not going to move over onto the screen. I don't know. But I'm just saying the trailer looked fun. It's obvious they put a lot of time and a lot of effort into this. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be no um, greatest showman. Well, boy, you're on that. That's all she does. That's all she sings is the greatest <laughs> fucking showman. That's it. Look, I love it, too, but not enough and to watch. And it's funny because I'll pass the song to Mark and he'll be walking around the house singing it. And I'm like, aha, I got him. <laughs> so you're going to tell us what you did this week, honey? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Uh, boy, yeah. Uh, okay, so, uh, so friends, you know, I live in North Carolina, and I tell my friends, listen, if you're ever in the Carolinas, carve in a couple of days. Come see me. Let me know you're near. So I get a text from Billy Bob Thornton, and he said, Wait, 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 wait. I have to, I have to tell this story. Mm -hmm. So we were out at lunch one day, and Mark's phone rings, and it's from an unknown number. So, of course, when it says unknown, she don't pick it up. So then, after Mark didn't pick it up, he got a text from Billy Bob. Hi, bud. And so Mark replies, hi. With a hand, a wave With, with a wave hand. Then the phone rings again from the unknown number. And Mark and I and I are sitting there, and I'm like, Mark, pick up the fucking phone, it's Billy Bob. So Billy Bob and his band, the Boxmasters, are out on tour. Now get this, 45 days, they're on the road, 41 shows. 41 shows in 45 days. So he said, I'm going to be in Asheville, North Carolina. Come see me. So I, that's two hours for me in a car. 
I booked it, got a hotel, so I go. And uh, Billy Bob calls me while I'm driving, and he said, we're here, we're gonna be at the venue, here's the address. So I go and I check in the room. <clears throat> oh. And I go to the venue, it's an outdoor arena, and as Billy Bob put it, honky tonk, which it was. I went, Linda, of course, packed me some nice jeans. Oh, well, you shoes. didn't tell me it was outdoor. I didn't know. Oh. Didn't know. So she packed me jeans, and, and I took them in the car. I took, but I was wearing shorts, and and I, I put it this way, I didn't change into my jeans. I wore just shorts and t-shirt to what I drove there in. I was dressed up <laughs> compared to the rest of the crowd. So, so I, anyway, I got to, so I get there and Billy. So there were a lot of tank tops? Oh, you were lucky to have a tank top. Trust me, there was no sign that said no shoes, no shirt, no service. That wasn't, that wasn't available. And so I got on the bus uh, with Billy Bob and we sat and we chatted two hours. We talked about anything and everything under the sun. We ate. Uh, we didn't have to go anywhere because they didn't have a car. They had a bus. And and so and we just visited, we caught up, and then it was showtime, and I left so the band could get dressed and went and watched the show, and then I went back, and he had the meet and greet on the bus, where you know certain people come in, they he had to sign posters and take, and I'll say this about Billy Bob, uh, Billy Bob is he, and I told him this to his face, because we were talking about, you know, people when they meet him, they want to take thirty minutes and tell him their story. And well, I mean, yeah. Well, I told him, I said, look, Billy Bob, George Clooney doesn't have that problem. He's George Clooney. Um, and you're, Billy Bob, you are a good old boy. And people love that about you. George Clooney, people know he doesn't have 30 minutes to give them. So they get their autograph, they get their picture, and they leave. But Billy Bob, he sits down. He is fantastic at listening to every story and taking the picture and signing the autograph. And he's just great. He's absolutely great at it. I sat there and watched him. I joked and made fun of him as he was doing it. Um, but I, I did joke, because, and this is true, uh, I've got obviously a lot of friends that are celebrities and I've been around them when they're dealing with the public. And every celebrity that I've ever been around is great at one thing. And that is, taking someone's cell phone from them and taking the selfie. Because the, the fan, they're nervous and the phone's shaking and they can't get the phone, the camera up. The celebrity learns the quickest way to get through this is take the phone and take it themselves. Billy Bob did it every single person that came on the bus. He would take the thing, he would put the phone up, they would take the picture. So I made fun of him. So at the end of the night, I was about to go back to my hotel. By the way, it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm 63 fucking partying. And I told Billy, I sat down, I said, Billy Bob, take my phone and take that picture like you do. So uh, he takes my phone and I'm you know, looking at the phone. He goes, head down, <laughs> head down. All right, so he takes the picture and I was in the process of laughing. And he took that picture and then we full on cracked up because he kept giving me directions. <laughs> and the one that, that I kept, it was the good one because we were both, Billy Bob doesn't smile really in his pictures. I got one full on, yeah. he's got great teeth. Gorgeous teeth. And, and I got a full on great picture. We had a tremendous night, I'm sorry, a great night. I got back, it's one o'clock in the morning. I'm out on the balcony under a full moon having a cigar. I get in bed 
uh, well, first, I lock the balcony and I realized that my balcony is perfectly easily gotten onto from the ground. So I thought, well, fine, I'll just get in the bedroom and shut the doors and lock them. They don't lock. <laughs> so I laid there wondering, am I gonna get murdered in Asheville, North Carolina? But two o'clock, I, I don't remember the last time I went to bed right. at two in the morning. Yeah. And then of course I woke up at eight. Right. Six hours, solid though. Drove home and you were exhausted by the time you got here. Good for me. Yeah. It was great to see Billy Bob. Yeah, you got out, that's good. He and the entire band, they were obviously good old boys too. They couldn't have been happier and nicer and friendlier and, and it was great to see Billy Bob and just thoroughly enjoy. And a beautiful night, God, it was just go outdoor, as I said, uh, outdoor venue, full moon, just fantastically comfortable and it was just a great, great night. It almost killed me, but a great night to be had by all. All right. You got anything? I do not. Let's get to it then. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Bristol! Ah. Wrong hat. I take a seven and a half. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. And now, with comments, Skeeter. Wendy says, hi there, just finished voting. I got 25 people to vote so far. Wow. My entire family and most of my neighbors all remember Mark and Brian and were thrilled to be a part of this. Mm. My kids said, of course they would vote. Mark and Brian kept mom quiet in the car on our way to school. <laughs> and I have to tell you, everywhere that I went, I I told I told everywhere I went, I the servers when we went out to lunch the people at the grocery store oh god yo I I made sure I had a piece of paper to write shit down for them okay so imagine we're at lunch and Linda's pitching the waiter and I'm sitting there well look there's no reason for you to be embarrassed about that I'm not embarrassed I just don't know what to do with myself because okay. they don't know like Linda goes uh, you know Mark's a nominee for the Radio Hall uh, of Fame yeah the people here don't know they don't know jack shit about you and Brian and so they look at me like I'm supposed to do I don't even I don't even I just sit there and on one person uh, piece of paper that I gave him I, I put down there Google Mark and Brian and I'm shocked and I'm not kidding I am shocked that Linda hasn't yet gone door to door oh wait it's coming I've, I've still got time it's too fucking hot I'm not going with you I'm going to drag your ass all around this neighborhood. You want a picture? I'll do it for a dollar. Except we're skipping that house where they're letting their little dog shit in my yard, not picking it up. Don't even get me started. We've got renters in the neighborhood. and they're Look, honestly, they let their dog shit in our yard and they don't pick it up. Oh, it pisses me off. Who doesn't know to take a doggy bag and pick up your dog? Who doesn't know that they don't? I was so pissed the other day I wanted to pick it up and then just go throw it in their yard, but I didn't. Because I don't want to start a feud with this, you know. Well, look. With the poopy neighbors. I told you, and this is a fact, you have to catch them in the act. Well, I've seen the dog, and they let the dog run around by itself. With no cut, yeah. Yeah. They're not even outside. The little dog's running around shitting in my yard. Comments, Linda. Okay, sorry. Renee V says, have you guys gotten into Stranger Things yet? I think Mark would really like it. And Linda, I think that you would like it too. I have many friends who do not like scary movies, but love this show. Word is, the creators wrote the initial script based on the premise, what if Steven Spielberg created a Stephen King book? Mm. Uh, Lenny told me not to watch it. She said, especially this season they're in uh, the third season mm. she said it got scary so no i'm not gonna watch it i'd like to try it you, i, I thought you tried one 
I think I did. Uh, I don't remember it. I should go back. Um, right now, I've got my Carolina Panthers. By the way, mm. so I didn't have time. I was going to watch one this morning before the show. I ran out of time. I go to bed last night, and Linda is watching episode number one. All I'll say is she loved it, and she said, quote, at the end of it, I am ready for football. I am ready for some fucking football. Bring it on. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch the rest of it today. Um, Chris says... Turn off the power and then use the potato. And Chris, Linda says to you, fuck off. I'm not going to They all want to see you die. One person said, let Mark do it and, and film it. Like, what? What the fuck? Look, as long as the light is off, there's not a problem. But I got to pay a guy a couple of hundred dollars to come here. And you know what? He'll come here with a potato. Ooh, remember the other day? We were talking about the Emmy nominations, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to uh, watch Fleabag. Mm-hmm. Debose in the chat just told me I can get it on Amazon. Ah, I'm excited. There Thanks. it is. It was nominated a bunch. Yes, it was. Uh, okay, now we have a request from our beloved Cody Decker. He says he just can't get enough of Kokomo. So, Cody, we dedicate this to you today. Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I wanna take ya Bermuda, Bahama, come on pretty mama Key Largo, Montego, baby, why don't we go Jamaica, off the Florida Keys Now, did Cody actually say that he can't get enough of Kokomo? No, this is the text that I got For fuck's sake, stop playing Kokomo I'm going to hang myself Get away from it all You know, I will say this about Cody. Uh, Linda and I met Cody. He was a big Mark and Brian fan, and I met him when he played baseball for UCLA. Linda and I went to a game, a UCLA game. I've never seen a human hit a baseball further. He's retired now from baseball. He is. Uh, 11 years, he was in the minors. He retired, and he's moving on to a broadcast career. It's going to be fantastic. He's going to do great. So congratulations, Cody. All for you, Cody. I can't take any more. All right, Cammy says, listening to Mark, this this made me laugh out loud. Listening to Mark list all the different types of glue for his rocket <laughs> reminds me of Bubba telling Forrest Gump all the different kinds of shrimp that exist. <laughs> hey. Let me do. What's her name? Uh, Cammy. Uh, Cammy. Let me just tell you, all the other rocket builders out there were not only riveted to that conversation; they were turned on by it. Watch this, Cammy. Watch this. C A glue. See. And then after the show, we went and we found your cement wood or cement glue or what rubber, the fuck were we looking for? Rubber, rubber cement. Yep. Found mm. it too. Worked. It did exactly like they said. Rubber cement. Crazy good. Marty says, Linda, I also stopped biting my nails so long ago. I can't remember. I quit smoking cigs in 1985 after smoking for 15 years. I put them down and walked away. Cigarettes were 75 cents a pack then. For me, it was easy. Not so easy now. A lot more shit in them now. It's true. Yep. Chris Kelly says, 
I've been a listener for years. My name is Chris Kelly. I hope you remember me. I always sent you show material. I just need some prayers. My mom died of lung cancer last Thursday. Mm. I'm lost, sick, and can barely get out of bed. So Chris, I just want to say to you, we are so sorry for your loss. And we know that this is really hard. And it just takes fucking time. Uh, Chris, I'll share with you um, a story that I heard from Brett Favre. Not in person, but I heard this story and I think it's apropos. Uh, So Brett Favre's father, who he was very close to, passed away. He died in the middle of the season. And the Green Bay Packers were set to play on Monday night. And his father died like on Saturday. So all of the media was going, this is going to change everything. Brett's not going to play because his dad passed away. And Brett was contemplating not playing. And he then, he imagined himself speaking to his father about whether he should play the game that Monday night. And he said, I didn't even get through the sentence when I knew my father would have said, shut the fuck up and get out there and play the goddamn game. Your mother will always be there for you to speak to. And you know exactly what it is that she's saying. You can talk to her and she'll respond to you. And you can tell her that you can barely get out of bed. She'll talk to you. She'll answer your questions. She'll, she's there. Yeah, she's in your heart. So, uh, sorry, and not a lot's going to... I will say grieve it. Uh, grief comes at the strangest times. You can be at the farmer's market looking at fruit, and there it comes. Go get in the car and let it happen. You need to grieve that. Let that process, because really through that, you can only get better after that. So, sorry, talk to your mom. Grieve it when it comes up. Things will get better, promise. And then our last comment comes from Julie. Good morning, Mark and Linda. I just had to laugh when Switchboarder Laura said, we are the generation of the geese. Mm-hmm. I asked myself, how difficult could it be? Well, I should have watched the video because I kept trying to call the texting number. <laughs> and speaking of geese, I again had to laugh when you were talking about going to the share show in New York and standing in line. You were in line with a bunch of old people lined up around the block. It reminded me of a Friday night, February 26, 2016, when I found myself standing in a long line that wrapped around the building with a bunch of fucking old people. (laughs) But I'm still not as old as you. (laughs) That was your anniversary show. Wow. Well, hey, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. All right, and then my last thing, 30 years ago, When Harry Met Sally was released. Ah. So I've got a little quiz for you. I probably won't do well. Let's see. All right. Harry Burns and Sally Albright first met on a road trip after graduating college. Which college did they attend? Woford. DePaul. Loyola. Loyola. Thank you. And University of Chicago. I'll go Chicago. That is correct. Yeah. I'll have what she's having. What's the New York Deli where Sally gives her impassioned performance to Harry? Steve's Deli. Carnegie Deli, Katz Deli, Sarge's Deli. It's either Carnegie or Sarge's. I'm going to go Carnegie. It's Katz. Katz. Jesus. So you're one for two. Um, 
After writing the screenplay, Nora Ephron went on to become an accomplished director. In which pick did she get a chance to direct Meg? Prelude to a Kiss, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail. I'll go You've Got Mail. Sleepless in Seattle. Fuck me. Harry Connick Jr. won his very first Grammy for Best Jazz Vocal Performance courtesy of the film Soundtrack. But in which film did Harry make his acting debut? Mm. Copycat, Little Man Tate, Memphis Bell. See, I thought you were going to say Hope Floats, and I knew that was wrong. He was pretty good in that with Sandra Bullock. I'm going to go the first one you said. Copycat? Yeah, copycat. Memphis Bell. Fuck! <laughs> Come on. Now you see how it feels. Come on. <laughs> when you have absolutely no idea. Come on. And the last one. In 2004, a theater adaptation hit the London stage with How I Met Your Mother's Allison Hannigan as Sally. Which performer from 90210 played Harry? Luke Perry, Jason Priestley, or Ian Ziering? I'll go Ian Ziering. Luke Perry. Fuck. History. History. That happened, and we all let it happen. Come on, come on, come on, come on, now touch me, babe. Can't you see that I am not afraid? What was that promise that you made? What was that promise that you made? Now I'm gonna love you Till the heavens stop the rain I'm gonna love you Till the stars fall from the sky For you and I it was on this day, 1969, The Doors' Touch Me peaked at number three on the Billboard Top 100. When The Doors were asked to appear on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour in 1969, they were asked by the producers to perform their current hit, Touch Me. Keyboardist Ray Manzarek now recalls what that entailed. We said, well, first of all, how are we going to do Touch Me? It's got a lot of horns and strings on it. And they said, don't worry, you can use the Smothers Brothers Orchestra. And we looked at these guys and we thought, oh my God, these guys are ridiculous, man. These little <laughs> fat violin players and a bunch of lame horn players. And uh, we said, okay, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. It certainly fits the Doors' image of being absurd and ridiculous. Let's bring these guys on the stage. Fine. And we brought Curtis Amy, our ringer, our jazz cat, to do the solo part at the end. That's funny. Uh, it was on this day. We lost a great one. 2016 Hollywood great Gary Marshall dies mm. at the age of 81. We represent the people who have, who have taken the chance. And we made a mistake and then the Desert Inn corrects it. And, and gives it back. There is a warm feeling here. But you don't think everybody then will want their money back? No, 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 no. In the campaign, you make a clear distinction between the bold, who would be my wife and I, and then all the other schmucks who come here to see Wayne Newton. <laughs> I like Wayne Newton. I said Wayne Newton. 
What were you talking about? I heard you say schmuck C. Wayne Newton. I like him. That makes me a schmuck. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so what do you think? I don't think the sign's going to work and giving by... The sign is wrong. The sign is wrong. A jingle. A television campaign. The Desert Inn has heart. The Desert Inn has heart. The Desert Inn has heart. <laughs> it's enough, it's enough. The casino is our main means of income. Not the coffee shop, not the show. The casino, that's what pays all our bills. So if we give everybody their money back, we can't pay our bills. Gary Marshall uh, and Linda can attest was truly one of the nicest yes. men. Very kind. Just, just I, I, a, a little story, and, and I'd never forgotten it. And there's many. I could tell you many because uh, I was around Gary a lot. But Gary was in Mother Ghost because I asked him. That was the first film I made, Mother Ghost. And I asked Gary, of course, of course. And so when the movie screened for the premiere, Gary came and he brought his wife. And his wife, she told me, I saw her and Gary after the screening, and she said, Gary, I don't ever get to go to the movies that he's in. And she had just seen Mother Ghost, and she was clutching a copy of Mother Ghost. I mean, clutching it. She goes, I've got it. I've got the movie. <laughs> so cute. Gary just was so good to me and just the, one of the great guys. Uh, this day, 2007, Lindsay Lohan is arrested in Beverly Hills on charges of DUI and what police termed a, quote, usable amount of cocaine in her Mercedes for a Memorial Day weekend crash in May. Mm. Boy, they just don't let you forget, do they? No. This day, 1995, Elvis Presley's former doctor, Dr. George Nicopolis, loses his medical license for being, quote, too liberal in prescribing addictive drugs. There's a lot of doctors that should probably happen to. Well, yeah, especially now with the, the opioids going around. Um, yeah, apparently what Elvis allegedly would do is wasn't just Dr. Nick. He would go to whatever doctor, his dentist or whoever, and just load up so that he had plenty. And I just, you know, in this day and age, I just wonder what could have happened. Maybe he could have gone to rehab. Maybe because this guy was, you know, it, it never illegal. It was all prescription stuff given to him by a doctor. And I think in his head, he thought, well, these are prescribed. Right. You know, so I, I guess it's okay. All right. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that your tie's too wide? Where were you in 1980? Because it was on this day, Billy Joel gets his very first number one sh uh, hit on Billboard. It's still rock and roll to me. It begins a two-week run at the top of the charts. Everybody's talking about the new sound. Funny, but it's still rock and roll to me. What's the matter with the car I'm driving? Can't you tell that it's out of style? So now, Billy Joel, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest and say Piano Man, I still consider to be a classic piece of work. It's going to be around for hundreds. It's like Beethoven. It really is so beautifully well written. It tells a story, a TV movie in three minutes. It's brilliant. I don't go a lot further. There's some stuff with Billy, but I don't go a lot further. I do punch out quite yeah. a bit. As everyone knows, thanks to Matthew, I can't do any Billy Joel. 
were you in 1976? I was uh, in high school. Well, it was on this day in 1976, Deep Purple breaks up. Oh. What's the name of this song, Linda? China Grove? God. China Grove is the Doobie Brothers. Go ahead. And in a minute, he starts screaming. Some people call that singing. Sing it in your head. Move ahead in the song to the hook. I don't know the hook. <laughs> yes, you do. I, the hook's not there. Linda, you've already said China Grove. It can't get worse from here. <laughs> Hurry up. They're about to give it to you. on the water. Oh. Oh. A lot of times I'll ask, especially with Deep Purple, I'll ask uh, Linda, Linda, who's the band? And she'll go, is it a color? (laughs) It was on this day in 1975, Paul McCartney has his fourth post-Beatle number one hit, Listen to what the man said. Any time, any day, you can hear the people say that love is blind. Well, I don't know, but I say love is Thank you, Paul. Strangers in the night Exchanging glances Wandering in the night This day, 1966, Frank Sinatra, who is in the charts with Strangers in the Night, marries actress Mia Farrow. The press makes a big issue of their age difference. He's 50. She's 21. Was so inviting something in your smile. I've always been uh, entertained. At one point, Frank was married to Ava Gardner. He was married a lot, huh? He was. And uh, obviously they divorced. And when he married Mia Farrow, Ava Gardner, which, by the way, I didn't know a lot about, but I've read some since. She was a... Uh, a ballsy, broad type of girl. I would have loved her. When she heard that Frank had married Mia Farrow, Ava Gardner, quote, said, I always knew one day Frank would marry a man. 
Oh, Love God. Was just a glance away, a warm embracing dance away. And this was pretty good. Uh, Ava, as I said, they were married. She was married to Frank. Uh, later, after they had divorced, they remained friends. And Ava uh, was, at one point, she was big. And then, not so big. And she was doing an acting job, and she got there, and they gave her basically a honey wagon, just a little strip. It wasn't much of a trailer. And... Uh, uh, one of, she was talking with one of the actors and she was complaining about it and the other actor said well why don't you call your agent and she says fuck that I'll call Frank she did and the next day she had the biggest trailer wow. yeah the power of Frank Sinatra it was on this day 1965 the Rolling Stones got a gold record their first in the US for I can't get no satisfaction It was on this day back in 1909. Listen to this. Neil Ball of the Cleveland Indians pulls off the 20th century's first unassisted triple play in a game against the Boston Red Sox. Here's how he did it. The shortstop caught a line drive out number one. The guy on second ran off the base so after he caught the line drive he touched second base out number two Mm -hmm. and then he tags the runner coming from first out number three dang triple fucking play now this is going to sound like a joke because it starts like a joke it is not a joke this is an actual story. An elderly Florida lady did her shopping and returning to her car found four men in the act of leaving with her vehicle. Oh, that doesn't sound like a joke. She dropped her shopping bags, drew her handgun, proceeding to scream at the top of her lungs, quote, I have a gun. I know how to use it. Get out of my car. The four men didn't wait a second threat. They got out and ran. The lady, somewhat shaken, then proceeded to load her shopping bags into the back of the car, got into the driver's seat. She was so shaken, she couldn't get her key into the ignition. She tried and tried and then realized why. Oh, no. It was for the same reason she had wondered why there was a football, a Frisbee, and two 12-packs of beer in the front seat. A few minutes later, she found her own car parked four to five spaces down. She loaded her bags into the car, drove to the police station to report her mistake. The sergeant, to whom she told the story, couldn't quit laughing. He pointed to the other end of the counter where the four pale men were reporting a carjacking (laughs) by a mad elderly woman described as white, less than five feet tall, glasses, curly white hair, and carrying a large gun. 
No charges filed. The moral of the story, if you're going to have a senior moment, make it memorable. All right. Mm. Skeeter. Nope. Are, are you ready? Nope. Oh, yeah, I'm ready for this. I don't think you are. Good morning and welcome. I'm Jonathan Fuck Me. Oh, hello, Mr. Fuck Me. How you doing? <laughs> Today... We bring you a fine venture entitled The Doctor. Sit back and enjoy, won't you? A flat-chested young lady read an article in a magazine that stated Dr. Dumbutu in California could enlarge your breasts without surgery. Let me try that again. <laughs> In a magazine that stated Dr. Bumbutu in California could enlarge your breasts without surgery. So she decided to go see Dr. Bumbutu to see if he could help her. Dr. Bumbutu advised her, every day after your shower, rub your chest and chant, Scooby Dooby Doobies, I want bigger boobies. She did this faithfully for several months and to her utter amazement, she grew a terrific D-cup rack. One morning when she was running late, she got on the bus and in a panic realized she had forgotten her morning ritual. Frightened, she might lose her lovely boobs if she didn't recite the little rhyme. She stood right there in the middle of the aisle on the bus, closed her eyes and said, Scooby Dooby Doobies. I want bigger boobies. A guy sitting nearby looked at her and asked, Are you a patient of Dr. Bumbutu? Why, yes, I am. How did you know? He winked and whispered, Hickory Dickory Doc. <laughs> I want a bigger cock. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. <laughs> All right. There's a lesson in this, you hate to hear it. Mm. Comes to us from Bell, Florida. Authorities say a Florida man held his wife's lover at gunpoint and cut off the man's penis. No, no, no. Before fleeing with the penis in his hand. Oh, wow. News outlets report 49-year-old Alex Benia was arrested hours later on charges, including aggravated assault. The county sheriff's office released a statement Tuesday that said that Benia broke into his neighbor's home, tied the neighbor up, and then severed his genitals with scissors. Oh my God. Deputies say the victim told authorities that Benia then took the severed penis and fled across the street to his own home. Deputies say the motive is still under investigation, though an arrest report says that Benia caught his wife and the victim having sex mm. in May. Wow. Victim was hospitalized. No report on where his penis is. Mm. Wow. All right, Linda. There's five of them. Shit. Here we go. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Ready as I'll ever be. All right. 
three hints as to what year it is. Number one. Top movie from said year. John Cleese. Will you leave immediately, please? Jamie Lee Curtis. Kiss me there. Kevin Klein. Put the other one up. Michael Palin. May I kiss you, Ken? No, you come. A fish called Wonder. And something ripped from the headlines. As part of our uh, ongoing coverage of New York Yankee manager Billy Martin's career, the news tonight is that Billy's been fired again. Martin has now been the Yankee manager five times. The Yankees have fired him four times, and he quit once. What year is it? All right, pour some sugar on me. Uh, Def Leppard. That was one of their, uh, that was their big album, wasn't it? All right. 1987, 89, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, 90, the only one I'm probably going to get. Song from said year. Never, never run away. Uh, movie from said year. They took the only thing he would kill for. If he wants your kid back, then you got to cooperate. Right? Wrong. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Commando. And mm. something ripped from the headlines. President Reagan said today that Rock Hudson would always be remembered for his humanity. His personal physician examined the body at the actor's Coldwater Canyon home near Beverly Hills and later confirmed death was caused by complications of AIDS. Okay, so the uh, President Reagan helps me out. Helps me out with the decade. <laughs> uh, okay, heart. So I'll just go the middle. 1985. It is 1985. What? Yes! <laughs> it feels so good. Song. By the way, 2 and 0. Oh. That's never happened. Song. Let's just stop right there. Nope. Come on. Song from said year. Movie. Wait, for, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't even know who that is. Stone Temple Pilots. Who? Stone Temple Pilots. Okay. You know we got more show. Okay. Movie. From said year. I hereby order you to serve two life sentences back to back. There's something inside they can't touch. Hope is a dangerous thing. Shawshank Redemption. Okay. And something from the headlines. And the other shoe has finally dropped in the ongoing baseball wars. The remainder of the regular season and the entire postseason playoffs and World Series have officially been canceled. Okay, I have no idea. Pilots. 1990. It is 1994. Mm. 
right, you ready? I'm ready. Song from said year. Movie from said year. Catherine Hepburn. My, oh my, you have on a tie. Yes, I know. I put it there. Henry Fonda, Jane Fonda on Golden Pond. And ripped from the headlines. After negotiations were stopped and started a few times over 50 days, both sides reached a settlement in early August. The season was restarted August 9th with the All-Star Game in Cleveland. Baseball strike. Oh, so. yeah, I remember that. I, that that was the year. Bull. Okay, so it's Journey, and it's on Golden Pond. So I know it's in the 80s. You're two and one. 19... 1987. It is. 1981. Are you two and two? With a correct answer on this one, you can end the show a winner. Your last one for the day. Here we go. What year is it? Song from said year. Movie. Now see, I don't know what decade that is. Damn it. Movie from said year. From the most exotic locations on Earth, Moonraker. This possibly be the moment for us to pool our resources. We would be better off working together. James Bond, but I don't know. And ripped from the headlines. This afternoon, Pope John Paul and I met alone in the Oval Office and discussed the future. All right. Okay. Jimmy Carter. Two and two. So, okay. So I'm going to say it's in the 70s. Mm -hmm. Nineteen seventy-five. It is 1979. However, I will say, a good day. Mm, yes. I don't think I've ever gotten too correct. Well done. Yes. I mean, feel good about it. Yes. Celebrate that yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being a loser. Celebrate that shit. Hollywood Hotel. Good evening. Just a moment, I'll connect you. All right. Now, most of these, uh, there's several releases. None of them I've heard anything about except one. <laughs> because I think most of them were not going to appear on a weekend with the Lion King. Wait a minute. We didn't talk about the movie that we went to see. We went to see uh, uh, Stuber. Stuber. It was so good. We laughed a lot. Okay. Well, okay. So this is a, uh, this is a buddy picture. Uh, they were trying to basically go for rush hour. You've got the uh, karate guy star, and then you got the funny guy. You mean the wrestler? 
Yeah. Yeah. So Stuber is that. They're trying to make this this uh, wrestler guy. I don't. I'm sorry, sir. I don't know your name. They're trying to make into an an action star, and it may well, well happen. He, he is. He was on Guardians of the Galaxy. But the comedian in this mm. is so funny. Yes. Stuber's not great, but it was. We got thanks to the comedian. And I'm sorry, sir, I don't know your name, but thanks to him, we he, got some he, solid He was the one that was in, uh, what, what, the sick movie? Oh, it was nominated for Academy Award. He and his wife wrote it. I don't know. Damn it. None he, of this is coming to me. Well, it's, he's so funny. So we enjoy, just look, it's not going to be nominated for anything, but it was very, very solid. So anyway. Oh, uh, the big sick. That the was big the sick. name of that. All right. So. I'll just give them uh, before we get to the Lion King. Uh, the Art of Self-Defense, 84%. Mm. Rosie, which I hear is depressing, however realistic, 97%. Mm. Horror film, Luz, 88%. A Faithful Man, it's a foreign film, 68 Okay, Lion King, Rotten Tomatoes. The Lion King is out for all to see. All right, they usually don't like the remakes. But however, this is Beyonce. Um, and uh, for the record, I have n- no desire to see this. Um, so let's go with eighty-nine. According to Rotten Tomatoes, The Lion King. Rotten <gasps> at fifty-six percent. Wow. There was something about it they didn't like. Mm. Well, have you seen the, what do you call it, CGI or whatever it's called? No. You haven't watched the previews? No. It just doesn't look all that great. Well, 56%. I didn't read why. Well, we'll see. Amy and Bradley and Katie are going to see it today. All right. Now, this is a a really, honestly, it is a very special two-week period because it was 50 years ago, these two weeks, that we lifted off and traveled and walked on the moon. 50 years ago, Americans and people all over the world stared at their televisions and watched in awe with pride as the three-man crew of Apollo 11 fulfilled President Kennedy's promise of landing on the moon by the end of the decade. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too. And then, July 16th, 1969. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Tower cleared. Neil Armstrong reporting the roll and pitch program, which puts Apollo 11 on a proper heading. Then on July 16th at 11.16 a.m., the Apollo 11 crew performs the translunar injection, which put them on a course for the moon. Then on this day, July 19th 
at 12.21 p.m. Eastern, which is coming up in about 10 minutes, uh, the Apollo 11 enters the moon's orbit on this very day, 50 years ago. July 20th at 1.11 p.m., the command service module and lunar module separate. Armstrong and Aldrin stay with the lunar module while Collins continues piloting the command service module. July 20th, 3.17 p.m., the lunar module lands on the moon. 30 feet down, two and a half, picking up some dust. Take shadow. Four forward, drift into the right a little. 30 seconds. Forward, just. Contact light. Okay, engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle. Listen, uh... Tranquility base here. The Eagle has landed. And then July 20th, 9.56 p.m. Eastern Time, Neil Armstrong takes his first step on the moon and delivers the now famous line. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. July 21st at 12.54 Eastern, the lunar module lifts from the moon and later rejoins the command service module to begin journey back to the earth. July 24th, 1150 Eastern, Apollo 11 returns to earth and splashes down in the Pacific Ocean. The astronauts are pulled from the water and brought on board an aircraft carrier where they are welcomed back to earth by President Nixon. I can remember laying on the floor of our living room watching it happen. Mm -hmm. Hard to actually believe and this to me is equally hard to believe there are people to this day that do not believe it happened that it was faked i know but you know what i have to say Mm. astronauts are very fucking brave no question i mean brave as fuck you're climbing on top of a bomb and you're trusting that these scientists know what they're doing i know We designed it in nine years and left this planet and for the first time in history landed on another one and walked around. Linda showed me, thank God for her, she shows me all this stuff she knows I'd like. They were uh, interviewing, what what is this guy, this British Johnny Carson? Uh, Shit, Norton, Graham Norton. Norton. Uh, He was interviewing Ryan Gosling who made the movie first man which is about this and i would recommend it i thoroughly enjoyed it and ryan was talking about how hard it was to make the film and there were times that he thought about complaining because it was really really physically difficult and ryan said just about the time that you would be thinking of complaining on the set were all of these former astronauts and one would say to me you know ryan when I went to the moon, and then, of course, <laughs> complaining would just disappear. Uh, your favorite famous car, do you have one? If you could sit at, in, be with, ride in, drive a famous car, do you have one? I do not. I don't know cars. Well, I think, for me, it would be the original Batmobile from the original television series with Burt Ward and Adam West. Okay. That was the... Wait, what about Kit? 
Um, I didn't watch that. I wouldn't care. I didn't watch a lot of it, but I I know the car's name. Now, wait, lo- wasn't the car's name Kit? Yes. Okay. Um, now, a lot of people would freak out. Danny Mizrahi was one of them, but because of the Mark and Brian program, I rode in. Was it the Robert E. Lee from Dukes of Hazard? I have no idea. We were driven in that car by John Schneider and his partner. They took us to McDonald's in the Robert E. Lee. That was pretty cool. What other famous cars have I been around? That's it. That's all I got. And Linda has no famous car whatsoever. No. Wait. What about the Munsters car? That's a good one. That's a really... See... No, when you said famous, I thought you meant like... Porsche, Maserati, and Marguerite. Maserati. Those cars. Maserati. Uh, A Florida man recently received a note that took 24 years to get to him. Gary Hendrickson was hanging out on a Santa Rosa beach on the Gulf Coast when he noticed a bottle bobbing in the water. He picked it up, found a note inside that read, quote, Hello, June 16th, 1995, Frankfurt, Michigan. Wow. I've tossed this bottle into the water to bring joy to anybody who finds it. This whiskey bottle was full a few short hours oh. ago. If you find this, call me. I'll buy you a drink. The note included a phone number, so Hendrickson called it. He chatted with the man who had sent the message and theorized that the bottle had gotten from Michigan to Florida. They assumed it traveled down the Mississippi River all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. Wow. And it doesn't mention whether they had that drink or right. not. Now, I, I'm going to read this, and I'll ask you. Now, I was aware that Kathy, uh, Kathy Griffin and Anderson Cooper were big, big buddies. Yeah. But and they had a... Ha- fu- then she, that happened. What happened? Well, when she did the thing... Um, Trump's she, head? Yeah, the, the joke thing, yeah. And that pissed him off? Uh, well, everybody, you know, distanced themselves from her. Well, he apparently hasn't forgiven her. Here's her quote. She said, I just don't think he's wired that way. After going through something like this, I'm done chasing people. I'm down to three friends on a good day. So I just want to go where I can make people laugh. Mm. Have you ever walked in on somebody while they were doing it? No. Earlier when I read this, I thought I haven't. As a kid, I walked in on my parents. Oh, shit. Scarred me. Yeah. Because I wasn't quite sure what was going on. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, what y'all doing? Just doing some wrestling. Wish it had been anybody but them. Police in Spain have arrested a Colombian man who they say tried to hide a package of cocaine under his toupee. (laughs) Have you seen the picture of it? No, but at least it wasn't up his butt. (laughs) Authorities at the airport in Barcelona say the drug mule arrived on a flight from Colombia with an unusually large toupee on his head. And a bulge in his head. 
It immediately caught the attention of investigators who suspected that the rug was hiding more than baldness. They lifted the toupee and they found a package containing half a kilo of cocaine pasted to his head. It was ridiculous that he ever, I mean, you got to see the picture. It's why he would ever even attempt it was hysterical. Oh, it was just his toupee was up here Mm. and he thought he could get away with that. Mm. Dude. Well, it's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, now go, can't go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoe. A New York burglar proved he is a real heel by breaking into a woman's home, heading straight for her closet where he bent down to sniff oh, Jesus. her high heels, and then he pleasured himself into one of them with the shoe. The suspect, who was still at large, took a few whiffs of the shoe, then got busy with it, left the scene without stealing anything. He is described as an Asian man between 30 and 40. Mm. Well, then, you got that. Well, I don't see that it's a major problem. I I don't have a problem. I mean, there was that one or two times, but it's... (laughs) That you broke into someone's house? Sniffed their shoe and then whacked off with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you consider that to be a problem? Yeah, well, maybe a little bit. Is there a place you used to love going to, but has been ruined now because it's too popular? Well, Disneyland for one. Mm. It's always busy now. It's a zoo now. And every time we go there, you know, the girls are like, "Let's go to Disneyland," and I'm like, "Mm." Hmm. I agree. Do that. I agree. I will go, while you think if there's another one, I will go the Grand Waialea Hotel in Maui. Oh, yeah. First time we went was just angelic. Beautiful hotel right on the ocean. Uh, The pool like nothing I'd ever seen. The kids just, I mean, look at this. You're a kid. And they swim. There was a swim thing. A lazy river thingy. Okay. And so kids, if they had their room key, keep in mind you're a kid, they had a bar that you could sit at where half of you is out of the water, the lower half is still in the water, and you could order an Oreo milkshake (laughs) while you're still in the pool. Now, who would, I mean, that's, then. It got popular. Cut, a few years later, we went back, and it was so busy it was crawling we had i shit you not we had a reservation for dinner at seven we didn't sit down to eat till 8 30 yeah that was ridiculous and we spent so much money to be there after that i i never went back yeah and of course you know amy and bradley went there i think for their or a little bit of their honeymoon amy still loves it but she's not the one that paid that bill for having to sit there and wait for a fucking hour and a half to have a goddamn hot dog. It was a nice meal. I do remember that. All right, let's see. We waited a very long time for it, but it was a nice meal. I'll just read this one more, and then we're going to get to uh, birthdays. Uh, a new survey of dog owners found that 52%, 50 more than half, 52% of respondents said that they kissed their dog more than their partner. Oh, Definitely. That's true for both of us. Mm -hmm. 
Good Lord, if you kissed me as much as you kissed Red, I wouldn't be able to stand it. I don't think you can stand the few that I give you as it is. <laughs> uh, here, here's a typical night that I get into bed. You know, we're going to have a kiss. And Linda goes, we can't kiss tonight. I've got uh, stuff on. All this shit on my face. Can't kiss. So last night she kissed my hand or something. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. I can tongue kiss Red. Go, go for it. But then you ain't tongue kissing me after that. Oh, yes, I am. I kiss Red on top of his head all the time. 52% of people said they prefer to sleep in bed with their dog more than their partner. 94% of dog owners polled said they consider their dog to be one of their best friends. Um, I will say that for a bit, for a while, for a very short time, Red would sleep in the bed with us. Oh, honey, that was years he slept in the bed with us. Yeah. Well, for he, a short time. He... he he was actually, when he was healthy, when it was good, yeah. he was fine with it. Oh, yeah. Because he could move around and he could jump up and jump down. And, and now he can't. Yeah, and, and we think that there's some pain involved. And so now he's better off in his crate. And we'll, we'll both be laying there, Red's in his crate, down at the foot of the bed. We're in bed. And all of a sudden, there's this loud noise going on. And we have to figure out, is that thunder? No, that's Red having a nightmare, or actually a, a dream, and he's running and kicking the crate. Yeah. Hey, whatever's making wait, you wait, happy. Wait, wait, wait. We want to know the most stressed cities. Oh, here it is right fucking here. Let me just give it to you. Here we go. Your top five most stressed cities. Number five at 48%, Dallas. Four, Miami. Number three, Chicago, 65%. Number two, New York, 72%. Number one, mm -hmm. primarily because of... Traffic. Los Angeles. At 76%. I can relate. Dang. I was there. Drove me out of my fucking mind. A new study, speaking of stress, has found that dog owners can actually transfer their stress onto their dogs. I, I think that's true. There is a close bond between dog and owner, and the research found that when dog owners go through long bouts of stress and depression, the dog feels your pain. And I'm telling you right now, it's vice versa with Red, because I used to love thunderstorms. But ever since yeah. Red has become afraid of them, now I'm afraid of them. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it's not that you're afraid, you're afraid for him, so it brings a level of stress to you when you hear it. Now, if Red were no longer with us, if he had passed away, I think you would learn to enjoy a thunderstorm again. Gosh, That's my guess. But for so long, I haven't been able to enjoy a thunderstorm. I know. Even when we were in New York and we saw those fireworks from our room. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I can I can enjoy these fireworks. And I stood there for a minute and I'm like, fuck, just think of all the dogs that are scared by these fireworks. Where are we? All right. So 
you're going to like some of these, Mark Thompson. Okay, Linda On Thompson. On 712, and I usually don't go uh, back this far, but you know what? Jerry is old as fuck, so I'm going to do it for him. Jerry Cameron is 67. Oh, right off the bat, got somebody older than and me. And then on July 16th, Mark is older than fucking Jerry. Mark is 68. Perfect. Yep. Love it. 717, Jack Caston is 63. BJ, 59. Rusty Cruz, 61. 718, Martha Ryan's mom turned 62. And today, Cheryl is turning 47. And Karen Lott is turning 63. It's always nice to have a birthday on a Friday because you get three days to celebrate it. Yeah, if you're still working. Um, what? You said three days to celebrate it. Yeah, you get your birthday, Saturday and Sunday. You got the whole fucking weekend to celebrate. But if you're not working, you could celebrate that bitch like Amy for a month. Like Amy doesn't work. Yeah, but she, I mean, that bitch will stretch her birthday out forever. I wonder where she got that from. You. <laughs> 721, Jim Anderson. He's older than all of y'all. 69. Jesus, Jim. Chicago Denise's birthday is also on the 21st, but uh, she didn't tell me how old she was. I think that's by design. Yeah. 722, Greg Parry is 59. And on 724, Bob Marconi is mm. turning 64. Mm. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Bok, 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 bok. Jerry, Mark, Jack, BJ, Rusty, Martha, Cheryl, Karen, Jim, Denise, Greg, and Bob. Happy birthday, everybody. All right, you people. You people. This is license to go and enjoy your weekend, so do so. When you get a minute, you've still got quite a bit of time, 10 days or so, but you can vote for Mark and Brian's induction into the Radio Hall of Fame. You can go to any Mark and Brian social media. If you can't figure that out, go to mnlstudios.com. Everything you need to vote is there. And I'll give you my uh, future. Uh, tonight, Linda and I will go to the pier and we'll watch the sunset. And she posts little quick videos on something. Instagram. Instagram on social media. So that you know, she does that video like 12 times before she finally gets one she likes. I just don't like my voice. And speaking of all that, how do they follow you? At Lake Norman, Linda. Everybody go. Get. Have a good weekend. We'll see you back here next Friday. Bye, y'all. Have a good weekend. Forty feet down, two and a half. Picking up some dust. Great shadow. Four forward, drift into the right a little. 30 seconds. Forward, just. Contact light. Okay, engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle. Houston, uh, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. That's one small step for man.
One giant leap for mankind.